Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles everywhere, to the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Dave Spadaro with you at the NovaCare Complex. It's late on Thursday now as we tape this, and the Eagles, uh, interesting kind of week here. Adding Zach Paschal, wide receiver from the Indianapolis Colts. We touched on that the other day. In just a bit here, we're going to talk to Zach one-on-one, an exclusive interview with him, who uh, a nice young man comes into the Eagles to add some depth, competitiveness to the wide receiver core, and you'll get to know him in just one moment. Eagles also announcing on Thursday that they have re-signed Derek Barnett, the team's 2017 first-round draft pick. He's back for 2022. Still to be determined his role, but the Eagles looking for more pass rush effectiveness up front. Adding Hassan Reddick, of course, that's huge. Coming off the edge for him, Reddick, one of the premier pass rushers in the league the last couple of seasons. And also expecting Brandon Graham to come back. uh, Josh Sweat takes another step forward. Barnett comes in. Will he start? We don't know that. But the Eagles at this point looking for good players who are tough, who are competitive, they have been disciplined in free agency. They have not overextended themselves in free agency. We'll talk about that in just a bit with the voice of the Philadelphia Eagles, Merrill Reese. But first, let's get to know Zach Paschal, a resident of Upper Marlboro, Maryland College at Old Dominion. He was not drafted in 2017, but signed by Washington, cut by Washington, cut twice by Tennessee, before finding a home as a free agent with the Indianapolis Colts. And in four years there, a good career, 150 catches, 15 touchdowns scored, 12.6 yards per catch. Zach Paschal here to help the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's get to know him one-on-one. Welcome, Eagles everywhere. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro, joined by the newest Philadelphia Eagle wide receiver, Zach Paschal, is in the house. Philadelphia Eagle, congratulations. Welcome. Appreciate How's it feel? It. Feels good, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. Excited to work with this organization. For those fans who don't know you as well, what can we expect to see? What 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 are you telling the fans about Zach Pascal and what you bring to this football team? Zach Pascal plays with a lot of energy, a lot of excitement, and just brings that work ethic. Whatever you need me to do, I'm, I'm gonna go do that times ten. You know, and so that's just the mindset. That's just the goal. That's that's what you got. I I find your journey and your story amazing. I mean, you know, Old Dominion is not exactly Oklahoma. Right. Um, First monarch to go to the Combine, which must have been cool. Did you feel when you went to the Combine that, was that like the moment you said, hey, I can can play at this NFL level? No, I actually felt the NFL moment like I could play in the NFL, like probably like my sophomore year college and once I set that goal it was like that's all I'm that's all I'm going for what was it what happened when you were a sophomore what was was there a moment a game I think it was a it was a game it was a game and I caught a deep pass I think it was like a fingertip catch for a touchdown and then I mean throughout that whole week you know just thinking about it I was just like oh wow like I made that play like this is plays people making the league so if I can do this now, I could definitely make it to the league. And then being able to be the first person to the combine and all that, like it was just, it was just all, all exciting. And even after that, though, Zach, it had not been easy. Cut three times. Mm-hmm. What made you keep going? What allowed you to overcome defeat in those in those moments? I think it was just, you know, falling in love with the grind and falling in love with with overcoming adversity. Because I had adversity in college, I had adversity in the league, like. In life, period, you're gonna have adversity. So, if I could take this game and practice facing adversity and grind it through it, you know, 
through this game and make it to the league, then in life, you know, whatever pops up, I'm going to be able to handle that. And that's, you know, what's most important. You said at the press conference when you met with reporters that if you were told that you could not do something, right. you were like, I'm going to do it. And then some. And then some. Were, would you get like older brothers beat you down or something when you're like, how does it? <laughs> <laughs> nah, so, I mean, just, you know, in high school. So the environment that I grew up in, it was a lot of trash talk. And that's how we brought energy to the game. So if somebody's telling me I can't do something, now I have to show you that I can, that I'm going to do it. And with that being said, regardless if I'm hurting, if I'm sick, if I'm whatever, I'm going to show you regardless. Zach, you get to Indianapolis in 2018 and it starts to click. Take me through it. Special teams, running routes, meeting Nick Sirianni, working with a stable environment. Are these all things that contributed to your success? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, just being able to be available and do whatever is asked of me. And so just building that type of relationship from then on, you know, I feel like that, that kind of helped me make the team. In the NFL, was there another moment that you got even more convinced that not only were you going to be able to make it in the NFL, but that you were going to be able to stay and play at a high level. Absolutely. Um, it was one game we played the Steelers, and I had a couple sideline catches. I had a touchdown, and I had like a a game-tying field goal catch. And I was like, you know, but we had we had starters out. T.Y. was out. Devin Funches was out at the time. So I was I had the opportunity. And so I went out there, and I, I, I played good. And, you know, from then on, I was like, oh, I can really do this. And then at that time, the coaches obviously expressed to you, hey, we trust you. We're going to give you more opportunity, more opportunity to play, more opportunity to play. So what was Nick, what was the process like with Nick? Where was it? He was the coordinator. You were a wide receiver. How much, what kind of relationship did you have at that time? Well, I would say it like this. Even though he was the offensive coordinator, he was basically the head coach of the offense. So every offensive meeting, he's running the offense. He's describing the details. He's saying how he wants it done. So that's kind of how it went in ending. And his mindset, you're, you're also kind of like the same competitive, detail-oriented mindset, yeah, right? That, yeah. That's why it, it works? Mm -hmm. So he played receiver when he was younger, and I'm a receiver, so he's always locked in on the, on the details at receiver, which I am too, the small stuff. So when we have a conversation, a normal person could hear us talking and be like, well, what are y'all talking about? You know, we talking deep football and competing with whatever, so, you know... It's, it's, it's a joy having him. You talked about you guys shoot hoops together. What kind of games does he have? This is the really important question that he, I need to get an answer to. He got, a, he got a jump shot. He, he could definitely shoot. I would say once he once he has a rhythm, it's over, you know, but I feel like I'm a better shooter than him. So we always, <laughs> we always compete. I win, he wins, I lose, he loses. You know, it's, it's always. Zach, um, he mentioned you a lot last year, and he also talked about you and the idea of dog mentality. We, for those who don't know, you were wearing a shirt, a hoodie mm -hmm. with dog mentality on it. He kind of adapted that. Is that how it started? Yeah. So I had brought the dog culture uh, clothing to, to Indy, gave all the coaches, all the staff, all the, you know, the janitors, the cooks, everybody got one. And then so when Nick got hired here, you know, he hit me up and was like, you know, he wants to bring that here. So I was like, yeah, all right, cool. So, you know, we set it up. Had him had the, the the shirts and the all the dog apparel sent out here, and then one weekend I seen pregame all all, all the players that had the had the dog on. I was like, oh, wow, look at this, this is nice. <laughs> what does dog mentality mean to you? To me, dog mentality means regardless of any adversity, fight through it, be a dog, and and do you know what I'm saying, be more. 
To others, it may be something different, but for me, that's that's what that stands for. Be a dog in what you have to do today and tomorrow and the next day. Don't focus on what's going on here or what's going on. Focus on being a dog in your circle and be a dog at it. I love it. And that's kind of been, as you say, your, your mantra. Um, finally, you brought your mother on the, the trip here. And I wondered why and how special it is for you to share this moment with her. You know, my mom has been like a backbone since since I, I've known. And she's she had she's from the Caribbean islands. So she's always even she's always been taking care of me, hasn't really gone to too many different places. So it's like this is a new situation for me. You coming with me because you're gonna you're gonna experience all of this with me as well because you haven't you wasn't experiencing with me at any other time and so like that was just a no brainer like yeah my mom you're coming with me my sweet mom, yeah. that's beautiful um, when you leave me here you are going where and anything new happening in your life in the next few days got a baby coming nice. I got a baby coming in in twelve days baby girl Zari Zari Pascal so I'm excited. And have you gotten used to swaddling and you had to change the no, diapers? No, no, but I'm, I'm, I'm ready for the challenge. You know what? Just use the dog mentality <laughs> one day at a time. Zach, nice to meet you. Nice to meet Welcome you. to Philadelphia. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing you play in 2022 in Philadelphia. Dave Spadaro, Zach Pascal, thanks for joining us. It has been a wild ride in the first couple of weeks here of the 2022 offseason in the NFL. Merrill Reese has seen a lot of them. He's back. A three-year deal with the Philadelphia Eagles as the voice of the team on the radio, love the man. He's always good to come on to the podcast. And here he is talking about what the Eagles have done so far and about a topsy-turvy NFL free agency world. Merrill, we are in the middle of free agency where the draft is right around the corner. I guess let's begin with this. What do you make of what the Eagles have done in this offseason, the approach that they've taken? Well, they, they haven't done anything that has really raised a lot of headlines. Uh, I guess the biggest move they made was the acquisition of Hassan Reddick, who will give them some help on the defensive line. He's a good player, and I can't imagine that he won't help. Uh, he's a guy who's happy to be here, who grew up 15 minutes away from the link. So it's good to have Hassan Reddick, uh, a Temple guy, back in town, and I think he will make a very, very positive impact. Uh, they picked up a wide receiver, Zach Pascal, and I think that Nick Sirianni knows more about Zach than any of us as he coached him uh, prior to coming here with the Colts. So I think that uh, uh, hopefully he will be able to contribute. Uh, I was happy to see them re-sign Boston Scott. At first they released him and then they redid his contract. So I was happy to see that. And uh, I think they're comfortable right now by bringing back Fletcher Cox, and we'll see what role he plays. Yeah, speaking about Fletcher and Jason Kelsey, who announced that he'll come back for 2022, I think sometimes people take for granted these players. It's going to last forever. I really believe that you know we all really kind of need to take a deep breath and pause and say, boy, I'm really thankful that we've got one year, at least one year with each of these players. It might be the last year. We don't know. But we really should cherish this time. Do you feel that way ever, Merrill? Not nostalgic well, necessarily, but I, I think appreciative. I do appreciate them. I do appreciate what Fletcher Cox has meant to the Eagles for a lot of years. The last year was not his most prolific year, but I still think there is some good football left for Fletcher Cox. Uh, he may not be as consistently uh, disruptive as he was at his absolute peak, but I think there is a role for Fletcher Cox, and I still think he can make a difference. A funny thing about Jason Kelsey, 
uh, the way he finished up this past season, I never really thought there was a chance that he wouldn't come back. I mean, he never said that he was coming back. He evaluates after every season. But I, I just don't know why, but I would have been shocked if he decided to hang it up after, after this past season. I think he believes in this team. I think he thinks that this team can ascend, and he simply wants to be a part of it. Agreed. And he also comes back to an offensive line, Merrill, that I'm sure you agree with me, should be among the very best in the NFL once again. That's a great place to start when you talk about the strengths of the Philadelphia Eagles. Absolutely. Barring injuries, this offensive line could be even better than it was last year. I mean, the the tackles, uh, you know, Lane Johnson and Jordan Mailata, I think we've only seen the surface of how good Jordan Mailata can be. I think he may become the best tackle in the National Football League. Really? Can can you compare the career arc of Jordan to anyone that you can remember in in your time you've been with the Eagles here, Merrill? I mean... Uh, certainly Harold Carmichael, late round draft pick, and we get that. That was, but but here's somebody who'd never played the game of football, and now you're talking about him potentially as the best in the business at the very highest level of the game. It's uh, it's, it's a unique situation for sure. I remember the first year when he came here, and I said to Jeff Statland, the offensive line coach, "How's Jordan doing?" And he said, "Merrill, it's like asking you to go do the game in French." next Sunday afternoon because Jordan Mailata had never played a snap of football before arriving uh, as an Eagles draft choice. But boy, has he made strides. And when you looked at him and you looked at his tape as a rugby player, you saw this incredible athleticism. And then you watched him grow week in and week out. And you got to know him and see what, saw what, what a dedicated person he is, the drive he had, how coachable he was, how even his disposition is where he would never get down on himself. Uh, I, I actually, as I, as I watched him grow, I always believed that. I always said to Jordan Mailata, I said, you know, one day you're going to be a pro ball football player. And that reached fruition this past year. But I think, I think he, he's still very young, and he's just going to continue to get better and better and better. I think the Eagles absolutely found themselves the Hope Diamond. Merrill, on the defensive side, the the acquisition of Reddick really improved something that is much needed. They were only one team, I believe, the Falcons had fewer quarterback sacks than the Eagles last year. So the way I look at it, you tell me if you agree or disagree, you bring Reddick in, you have hopefully Brandon Graham healthier. Uh, You certainly can address that front seven in the draft. I mean, to me, that's an area that the Eagles really need to get better, and I think it'll make a ripple effect, have such a positive ripple effect on the rest of the defense. I mean, I think if you pressure the quarterback more consistently, boy, that defense can do a lot of great things. I agree. I agree. But I also agree that in the draft, whether they even have to move up a little bit or can stay where they are at 15, I believe that the first pick they make in this draft has got to be a defensive difference maker. Not just a good player, but somebody who can be a difference maker. And I think there are those kind of players who are going to be available in this year's draft. I mean, I can throw out names and uh, like, like Trevon Walker, I can throw out Jordan Davis, the massive defensive tackle from Georgia. And there are others too. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, a defensive lineman. It could be, it could be a safety like Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. He's spectacular, but they need a defensive difference maker first and foremost in this draft. 
Merrill, the approach by the Eagles in free agency has been to be disciplined, to not overextend. You know, certainly Reddick is a multi-year contract, but everything else has been one-year deals with players who have been here or, in the case of Pascal, someone who comes in for a year. your, Your thoughts on that approach and what it means kind of going forward for this football team? Well, I, I like their approach. I see what other teams have done. I, I honestly believe that Denver way overpaid uh, to to get Russell Wilson. I wouldn't have given that up. I mean, if you look at – if you translate what Denver gave up to get Russell Wilson, if the Eagles had given up a like amount, it probably would have been two number ones, two number twos, a five, and say Josh Sweat and Dallas Goddard. I never would have given that up to get Russell Wilson – Plus, I'm somebody, and you know this from the beginning, I still believe in Jalen Hurts. He's 23 years old. You look at other outstanding quarterbacks and look at their career paths, and yes, there are some outliers, but for the most part, guys like Aaron Rodgers, and I'm not saying he's going to be Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers was drafted in 2005 and sat in 5, 6, and 7 and really didn't get to play until 2008. You look at other quarterbacks who sat for a while before ascending into the spotlight and becoming great players. Drew Brees, you know, four years from now, Drew Brees will be inducted into the Hall of Fame. There's no doubt about that, that as soon as he is eligible, he will be inducted into the Hall of Fame. His first four years in uh, San Diego were nothing special. It wasn't until he came to New Orleans that he emerged and became one of the great quarterbacks in history. So, again, I don't know what the ceiling for Jalen Hurts is, although I think it's substantial, and I'm willing to work with him and see him progress this year to really see what you have. This will be the biggest year of improvement for Jalen Hurts, and and this will tell us whether he is the guy who you look at one day as an elite quarterback. And I think it's obvious the approach is to, and we'll find it, you know, we'll look at the roster in a different way after the draft, but to surround Jalen with as much help as possible. That's why you've got the outstanding offensive line, good tight end situation, improved with Pascal at wide receiver and still could add to that group. Running back depth is certainly there. I mean, Merrill, I guess, you know, that's to me, that's what the Eagles approach is. Give Jalen a full season here. Again, to, to take another step forward, which we all expect him to do, and surround him with, with really good players and, and a defense that is more capable of getting turnovers and getting off the field. Absolutely. Look, if I had my druthers, they would use one of those number one draft picks to get, as I just said, a defensive game changer. And number two, I think whether it's 15, whether it's six, they have 15, 16, and 19 as it stands, and whether it's 16 or 19, there is going to be an outstanding wide receiver out there. There are at least five wide receivers in this draft who can be game changers. And if the Eagles got one of them, I think that would certainly, certainly improve the fate of Jalen Hurts. Merrill, let's talk about the NFL in this offseason and how wild it has been. Quarterbacks on the move, wide receivers setting records for new contracts, dealing four and five and six draft picks, four wide receivers. Your take on all of this, it, Merrill, to me, it's a copycat league. Everybody saw what the Rams did last year, and teams like the Dolphins are just so eager to emulate that by acquiring that star player and giving up draft picks, which in the, in the past teams never did. 
Yeah, it could be disastrous, too. I thought that what the Dolphins gave up for Tyreek Hill was insane. I mean, it's, it, they, they gave up a lot for a guy who does get hurt, who can be out of the lineup. And I'm still not convinced that Tua Tagovailoa is going to be that great a quarterback. I agree with you, Merle. It's, it's just been it's, – I've, I've never seen anything like this at all. Your thoughts on the quarterback movement around the league, starting with Carson, uh, obviously Cleveland making the big move. What, what do you think about all this? It's, uh, it's TBD, <laughs> to be determined. I don't know. Uh, listen, I, don't, I will never root against Carson Wentz. I root for the Eagles. I don't root against people. But we see what has happened to Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz has not been the quarterback that he was in 2017. Since that injury, he has not been the same quarterback, and he was not a good quarterback when it was critical for him to be so last year with the Colts, particularly late in the season and specifically in that last game that he lost to Jacksonville that took them out of the playoffs. So he uh, he goes to Washington, and I have a a great deal of faith in Ron Rivera. I think he's an outstanding coach. But I also think Frank Reich is a very good coach, and I don't know what's going to change from last year to this year with Carson. Uh, as far as Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay, I thought that was going to be the case all along. As far as Russell Wilson in Denver, he may have success. They have a lot of talent. Again, I said they gave up a lot to get him, but uh, they have him now, and I think they could be a – they could be a very good team uh, in their division, a very, very good team. And what they're hoping is that he can do for them what Peyton Manning did for them and won that Super Bowl uh, in his last year of the NFL. I don't think Russell Wilson's entering his last year, but I also don't quite put him up there with Peyton Manning. I think he's, I think he's a future Hall of Famer. I think Peyton Manning is one of the two or three best quarterbacks in the history of the game. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But it has been quarterback roulette. Again, uh, Deshaun Watson in Cleveland. That will be very interesting to track. For one thing, we don't know what's going to happen with the league in terms of punishment or suspensions or what could occur there. Another thing is you don't really know. Nobody really knows what a year away from football will do to Deshaun Watson. Uh, Matt Ryan. Uh, moving to Indianapolis. That will be interesting to watch. I think he's going to do a good job for them. I think Matt Ryan still has some good, solid football left, and I think the combination of Matt working with Frank Reich will be successful for the Colts. I'd be surprised to see them not get back to the playoffs this year. Merrill, finally, I'm going to ask you if you've got some favorite names in the draft. I will ask you again as we get closer to the draft, but I do respect you as a studier of the draft. Are there players, whatever round they might go in, that you really, really love for the Eagles? Yeah, I do. Uh, I like Jordan Davis in in that first round. If, if he slides to 15, or even if you have to move up a little to get him, 6'6", 360-pound defensive tackle. Uh, they say he's more of a nose tackle. I think he can play in any style of defense and be a difference maker. Um, I know that the Eagles rarely, rarely uh, draft a linebacker that highly, but Nicobe Dean of Georgia is a very, very good one. There's the, also the, the linebacker out of Utah, who is very, very good. I mentioned Kyle Hamilton. But there, there are Trevon Walker in the first round, uh, edge rusher. I know that the, I, th- I think the, 
the prize of this draft is Aiden Hutchinson, the defensive end uh, from Michigan. He's not going to be available because he'll be one of the top two or three pay, uh, players picked. I was high on David Ajabo, uh, the other edge rusher from Michigan, but then he unfortunately tore his Achilles in his pro day, which is, I just really feel for him. I'll tell you one thing I wouldn't do. I would not draft David Ajabo in the second round because he will slide because of the torn Achilles. I've learned my lesson with what happened to Sidney Jones. Eagles took that chance with Sidney Jones, who was supposed to be a high first-round draft pick, and he never, never reached the heights or even uh, the, even a, a decent level of, of uh, success once they drafted him. And he's, he's moved around, and he still hasn't become a premier player. So I would be very careful. I'm, I'm very, very careful about drafting players coming off injuries. Now, the Eagles did take a bit of a chance last year with Landon Dickerson, and it proved to be a great draft pick. But again, you're talking about an offensive lineman, not an edge rusher or a corner where speed is of the essence. In the wide receiver department, yeah. in the wide receiver department, uh, there are several guys that I, I think the world of. Uh, boy, I will tell you, I just, I just love the wide receiver that I have seen out of Arkansas. I think he is, I think he is really, really special. The more I look at him, the more I think that he, he's a, a six foot three, uh, 220 pound wide receiver. And he is, he is so, so good. I also like the two from Ohio State. I like, uh, uh, Oliva, uh, uh, Chris Oliva, and I like Garrett Wilson. I think they are both very, very good. I haven't seen enough of Drake London, uh, to give you a total evaluation on him, but I know he's another big, strong, fast wide receiver. And I like Johan Dotson from Penn State. Now, he's a smaller wide receiver, but he also is a great punt returner. And everybody knows the Eagles need that return game to ascend. It uh, has been mediocre at best. They must have an explosive punt returner. And Johan Dotson is not only an outstanding receiver, but he can also be an outstanding return man. And the Arkansas wide receiver you're talking about is Traylon Burks, who obviously. Well, Traylon be... Burks is Traylon Burks is just terrific. He yeah. really is. I saw him. I saw somebody refer to him as a gadget wide receiver. He's not a gadget wide receiver. Yes, you can use him in the slot. You can you can line him up in the backfield if you want. The way we've seen Debo Samuel's uh, deployed, but boy, he is good. He is he is so so good. I I think he's a great player. I mean, if the Eagles could get. Traylon Burks, I would, I would, I would have my own celebration. I'd jump up and down. <laughs> well, we would love to see that, Merrill. We're only five weeks away from the draft. I mean, we, we just can't wait for that, right? It's almost, it's almost here. It's almost here. Almost I, here. I know, and, and you know, I get excited about it. But, uh, but, but I'll tell you what. But I would also celebrate if they ended up with Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson. Okay. Well, we shall see, Merrill. Thank you so much. Great to talk to you. And I'll check back in with you before the draft. It's going to be here before you I know can't it. wait. I, I look Thanks forward for to it, Dave. Okay. Take care. That will do it for this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Next week, we are in West Palm Beach, Florida, the site of the NFL's annual meetings. Nick Sirianni, Howie Roseman addressing the media, as well as Chairman CEO Jeffrey Lurie. We'll have full coverage from there at that time.
Thanks so much for joining us on the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. If you have a moment to give us a little review, we would appreciate five stars, please. They're great. We love you. Thanks for joining every week. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks to Ray Doyle for his work on the podcast. Thanks to Peter Kelly for putting it all together and for everyone here who is so uh, giving of their time for the Eagles Insider Podcast. We really appreciate it. Dave Spadaro saying thanks for joining everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly. And go Birds! Go Birds!